0: coming up on supernatural confessions.
1: I looked through the peephole. What I saw outside our house was a Chinese lady. She was looking down and what really freaked me out, oh my god, just talking about it is making my skin crawl. Supernatural. Is there anyone
2: here? Can you please give us a sign?
1: Supernatural. supernatural. Confessions.
0: Hello and welcome to Supernatural Confessions, our weekly podcast where we feature and discuss all things supernatural, especially here in Singapore and Southeast Asia. We cover the myths, the urban legends, the superstitions, and most importantly, your personal encounters with the paranormal. I'm your host, Timo inviting you to share your stories with us on our Facebook page or on our website supernaturalconfessions.com This episode features clips from our live show which I host of Supernatural Confessions founder Eugene Tay streaming Friday nights at 10 on FB Live Also joining us is veteran paranormal investigator E.T. whose critical approach and attention to detail have given him a keen eye and the insight to make rational deductions and find scientific explanations to most paranormal cases. To catch it in full, search for Supernatural Confessions and like us on Facebook. And now, on to the show.
1: Supernatural
3: Confessions.
0: Our first confession tonight comes from Roger, a.k.a. Su Hao. Roger hosts a Mandarin Paranormal web series called Minute After Midnight. Known and respected for his interview skills with his guests, Roger now finds himself on the opposite end of the interview, sharing his own experiences with supernatural confessions.
2: The earliest that I know that I'm saying something different is as young as five years old. I remember that particular night, it was a very cold night very chilling suddenly I have this urge or I feel that someone is calling me so from the guest room I walk all the way to the kitchen at the end of the kitchen there was this black shadowy man standing right at the end waving at me and I thought it was my granddad luckily my granddad suddenly gave a cough in the master bedroom was coughing away and I realized that was not my granddad, it was something else. I was very frightened but I, I, I didn't, didn't tell any of the adults. And this kind of stuff kept on happening to me when I was very young. So I have quite a miserable childhood. Either I don't dare to go to the toilet or I am very afraid of the sea. Because sometimes when I'm inside the, the water, I feel that some, something is pulling my legs. It sort of continued until I went, I went into my teenage days. The second time that I see that thing again in my granddad's place was probably 10 years later when I'm 15. But this time around, instead of a huge black shadow, it took the form of a small little backpack. But it was actually clinching onto my uncle's back. I was in another room and I was like, doing was reading my comics. My uncle came in uh, feeling very upset and angry and agitated and was like topless. Then suddenly when he turned his back at me, I saw these black little things clinching on his back. At that very instant, I know that it must be that thing that makes my uncle agitated. Again, I choose not to talk about it. I choose to just keep quiet. Two weeks then, two weeks later, my uncle actually committed suicide in the room that I, I was staying when I was five. The, and the way he he hanged himself seems like an act of another person. And uh, the police thought that there was some foul play involved. And the way he hanged himself, it's not hanging from the ceiling. He was using his... Uh, I don't know what, what do you call it, but he used his... Uh, he just pulled himself to death. How? I, I really don't know. Because he, he actually tied a knot onto the grill. It's not even on on, on the highest grill. But he, he used his pure strength and determination to strangle himself to death. I, I mean, I saw him. There was like blue-blacks everywhere. And, uh, so... It's only after that incident I decided to share with my family member. But then again, it's too late. When I told them about my sightings, they decided to move out of the place. Someone someone else actually bought over the place, and uh, I heard that they keep on hearing footsteps in the house. Upper Bunking Road, Block 9. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very spooky block. I had a very terrible childhood at that, that particular location. But luckily, the whole block is already on block. It's no longer there. During my childhood, it's always about all this black shadow, white shadow. Uh, nothing close to what we see in the movie. I don't. I have never ever seen like ghosts taking off his head, you know, or stinking out his tar. Never ever. It's always grey or white shadow figure, which is very common. Even even two days ago, I saw it in my own kitchen. The only thing that I I don't like seeing is probably the black shadow. Yeah, in Chinese, it's called uh, Hei Yi. Yeah, it's something like a demon. But whenever that appeared, something bad were were followed. I was 16. I was in my living room. I was doing some readings. The main door was shut. And suddenly, out of nowhere, there was this huge black, cricket-looking creature came dashing into my room, into my living room, all the way to the kitchen, and up to the laundry. So I went to the kitchen, I was like shouting, shouting at whatever, and I said, you leave my place immediately. But of course, I'm not powerful enough. Following days, guess what happened? My dad got stroke. So instant. It's really instant, but my dad was quite lucky. Uh, After probably, probably a month, yeah, full recovery. The fourth time was actually at Nicoll Highway. Uh, near to the Nicoll Highway was at this place called Golden Mound Complex. I was already a police officer, so we were doing uh, patrol. My car was stationed inside the basement car park, so we were we were sort of resting. My driver was because we were doing a, a graveyard shift, and suddenly I I feel goosebumps. Then right in front of my eyes. There was five huge creature moving in front of me. The size of rhino, they don't have a specific shapes that you can relate to. It's like just one big shadow. But five. And that was like two weeks before Nico Highway collapsed. I have no explanation, but it, it, it's just so coincident that whenever they, they appeared, something bad would happen. On that Particular day when Nikon Highway collapsed, I was uh, off duty. Uh, I happened to be at SunTech, uh, happily shopping. Then suddenly the whole, whole building vibrated and it, it sort of uh, blacked out. I have a bad feeling. Then I received a phone call from my office. Mr. Lao Ya needed immediately. Major incident happened. I went straight to my office. My office was at level 2. And right in front of my office, there's this huge courtyard. So I went in, got changed into my uniform. The moment I done changing, I heard a very loud crow noise right outside my door. So when I opened the door to check it out, this crow came charging at me. My very first reaction was to let go of the door and the, because there's a spring there, so the door actually slammed against the crow and the head was still inside my room or the body is still outside, all intact. It's just that it got trapped. For a moment, I don't know what to do because I've never experienced such things. Maybe I see shadow but never a, 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 a live bird, and huge. I took a deep breath, I sort of opened up the door a bit, I kicked the bird out. The moment I kicked the bird out, I start seeing other officers appearing. Prior to that, I don't even feel any human presence in the whole entire police station, which is strange. My the other officer tried to catch that injured bird. And the moment he tried to touch a bird, we realized that there's another four more sitting on the railing of the third, third level. He got scared because they were like making a lot of noise. Of course, I was rushing for time. I, I didn't want to, to pay too much attention. I also don't know what, what this whole thing is about until later parts during the Nico Highway. Uh, Nico Highway, there was a total of five victims okay? four foreigners and one foreman. Foreman is actually a Singaporean. We managed to retrieve all the four foreigners except for the the local Chinese, because the, the Chinese was actually trapped uh, deep inside uh, a pool of water, about six meters deep. And while SCDF tried to uh, recover his body, the, the structure of the Nikko Highway was giving way So the whole structure was very unsound. We have no choice but to uh, abolish the whole entire mission. But what actually caught me by surprise was, on the very last day, because I was uh, the officer Mending uh, this this place called Relative Holding Areas. It's a place that's meant for all the relatives of the victim as well as all the, the media people, the reporters, etc. So, on the very last day, uh, I, I remember it was about 11 ish am. Uh, I was very tired because I, I did a night shift uh, the, the night before. So, I went to the uh, the washroom to clean myself up. So when I was looking at the mirror, the reflection of the mirror was showing this cubicle. But at the cubicle, at the toilet bowl, there was this man sitting there in construction attire. The whole body was stretched, but it was like looking down. You can't see his face, it's like grey-toned, a bit greyish. And I know, as a matter of fact, I know that it's not human. Then I said, shit, again. Then I look away, then I looked the second time, wasn't there. Then I looked the third time, appeared again. Remove myself from the toilet, I walk out. But the moment I stepped out of the toilet, Commissioner SCDF arrived at my station, saying that they need to meet the relative of the last victim uh, because they wanted to make announcement that they are going to cease all operation so i see a link i see a link that probably the last victim is trying to get me to deliver some message to the the family member probably he sends that i can i can see him but of course i i asked my boss i said ma'am this this that, that you know she believed me she she she's quite sure that i i really can see things and she asked me two things, she said, if they believe you, if the relative, the, the family member actually believe what you said, you'll be very upset. And worst case scenario, if they don't believe you, you know what, what are the consequences? So, sometimes I'm in a dilemma. I, I wanted to share, I wanted to talk, but I don't know how to, because not many people can the fact that I, I I do see I do see they are okay that I see things. But they are not okay that if I the things that I'm seeing are their 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 deceased relative
0: let's take story by story okay so the very first story he talked about uh how as a very very young child he he saw a shadow figure in his flat in his corridor okay when we hear about shadow figures what do we think about
3: the first thing that comes to mind obviously is the things you see in the astral plane uh, but he obviously was awake so but then again at five years old sometimes you know you, you see things which are not there sometimes my kids say he see ghosts but i don't know what he's looking at the one that's interesting is the backpack one that cling onto his uncle and and Throughout his stories, right, what was consistent was when he observed something. Um, something bad would happen that's really interesting to me lah.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the one that really really stood out would be the uh, the Golden Mile story because I mean you've spoken a lot as well about your theories uh, when it comes to Golden Mile of course Eugene you've had your own experiences at Golden Mile as well I'm not talking about the Thai discos I am talking about of course your your investigation so when we hear his story about the SCDF about that figure that he saw in the toilet what springs to mind E.T.
3: the one that, to me that was a shocker was the fire huge creatures la, like rhino so i i really can't put a, a finger to what that is um but i guess whenever you think about entities with, with with the animal head right the first thing that comes to my mind is like you know that that horse and cow uh, uh, figure head, the one that, that are so called the soul collectors so interestingly that this rhinos uh, seem to have kind of signal to him that uh, a, a catastrophe was gonna happen I wonder mm. if he has a sense a bit like how uh, you know animals can sense danger or some kind of catastrophe that's gonna happen so I don't know if he has that kind of sense so so to me that's very interesting um, and sorry I, I spoke about the rhinos although you asked me about the guy in the cubicle if you guys uh, know or don't know the guy he probably saw was that hero of the entire uh, collapse. Um, that was the, I think the head engineer or foreman he actually got everyone out um, but he couldn't escape in time so so you know RIP to that guy um, so maybe what he said was true that guy was trying to connect with him maybe so that you know his family knows that I don't know so he can speak to his, his relatives with compassion or something like that I'm not sure but It seems that all these entities know that he has some kind of ability and they try to communicate with him.
4: But I thought what was really key was at the end of the conversation of his confession, he said that he actually told his boss about it. His boss believed that he has ability. And the boss said one thing, and this is where all of us actually feel if we have the ability to see ghosts. is So if you tell the the, the family that you can see their dead relative, what's going to happen out of it? And at best they believe you, you can't change anything. And once they don't believe you, then there's repercussions to your career.
0: Supernatural Conventions. For our second feature of this episode, we have an army story. And for those of us who've served or are currently serving our national military service, you can never have too many of those.
5: Uh, 2013 I think uh, so I was in the NS and I was posted to pass camp as a sergeant in Bravo company So I was there for almost like one and a half years because I kind of broke my leg And then you know I stuck there in limbo and stuff So eventually I was posted back as an mean assistant so it's a club I was staying in the level 3 so it was at a corner bunk So it was a very big bunk it was like a 18 men or 24 men bunk is super huge but there wasn't a lot of people in it because it's like an out-of-course bunk so people come and go sometimes the bunk will be like 10 people, 15 people sometimes there will be like 5 of us but it was always dark no matter the time of day it was always dark and um, for me, my first experience was when I was my first few weeks was fine after that, the subsequent month um, at 12am when I fall asleep like when everybody's asleep off the lights and all I always hear like a sleeper walking because there's three sections I'm in the middle section so on the right section, usually there's one guy, two guys, sometimes there's nobody there. Um, but every night I'll hear like 12am, I'll check my phone, and then will be like, okay, start starting, there'll be somebody pacing up and down, and he's always a steeper. So I'm like, okay, this bunk is a bit fuzzy.
0: Now usually, when you notice these things, are you usually the, the last person to go to sleep at night?
5: I think I, I sleep quite late, so we turn off the lights, but I don't really fall asleep until like quite some time, take me some time, so... I i'm not sure about the rest but nobody talks to each other yeah
0: so when you start to hear these noises these slippers shuffling around in the room do you open your eyes and straight away look around to see what's going on
5: i didn't even close my eyes <laughs> so I you didn't go. even close your
0: eyes so your eyes were already open yeah,
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. and i was like okay the first thing i was like mm, who is this who is my bunkmate walking around so i like kind of sit up and look and then there's nobody okay never mind so it happens all the time okay throughout my one year each day, it's Always 12am and then you hear it for like maybe 5-10 minutes and then it goes away.
0: Every single night while you were there?
5: Yeah, every night, every other night when I was there, I was, I was like, okay, here you go, here you go. But it doesn't disturb us, it doesn't do anything. So I'm just like, lot oh, fine. Huh? I mean, we stay in the same bound, I'm just here for my service and, you know, you're here for whatever reason you are, so we're fine with that.
0: Can you hear it moving from one side of the room to the other?
5: It's, it's just up and down, like at that section, it just... Just pacing pacing up and and down It doesn't do anything Just walks up
0: Alright and Did you ever ask uh, Any of your roommates uh, Or bunkmates Hey Did you hear that last night Or have you guys Ever experienced anything weird
5: No but they They kind of told me Because I was on MC for a while Mm. For a while And then when I came back I found them sleeping at level 1 Which is very peculiar Everybody should be in that bunk But I'm like Why why are you guys sleeping in level 1 Then they're like Hey bro Bunk goes Then I'm like Huh? What goes? And like you know Every night go sleeper lah, I say. Ayah, one I know lah. just don't say Oh, any.
0: so basically all, all of you had heard it you guys just never spoke about yeah, it we're
5: just like no we just don't talk to each other about it Yeah. the reason why they are at level 1 two of them actually is not because um, of the sleepers I mean the sleepers they are fine but one night there was only two of them in the bunk so they were talking and then um, one of the guys was a dude was sleeping at my bed my bed is the middle section last bed so the fourth bed fourth or fifth bed and then the other guy was sleeping at the left section and he was at the same Fourth, fifth bed. They were having this conversation until like 12:30 one. Then they were like, "Okay, time to sleep." So two of them in the bang, nobody else. Yeah, it was loud period, so there was nobody. And so two of them. So they turned off the light, and I was like, "Okay, we'll go to sleep." So at B guy, which is on the left section, he had a like an old the radio, you know, like the radio turn the knob, plug in power and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of those FM transistor yeah, 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 radios. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
5: So they kind of like, "Okay, turn off, we'll gonna sleep." So they turn it off, and then they were like, "Okay, night, ah, huh? night bro, and sleep." And they told me, ah. Uh, they said within 10 minutes the radio started turning on, so A guy was super annoyed. He was like, dude, hey, brother, why you turn on the radio? Can you shut off now? I want to sleep? Yeah, yeah. The B guy was like, dude, it was not me. I didn't turn on the radio.
0: Okay, now, first and foremost, the radio, the radio was off. Okay? It wasn't like, you know, volume down or something like that. It was actually off-off.
5: Off-off, like they turned the knob all the way, like, so it was off-off. Yeah. Off. So yeah. there was that click, yeah, okay. Yeah. So off. Mm. And then he was like, okay, okay, it's okay, fine. You know, turn it off, because they kind of know that the bunk is a bit fuzzy, so it's okay, okay, fine. Yeah. Turn off, turn off, turn off. So they turn off the radio. And then they say, okay, sweet, you go and sleep. So they say, plus, minus 10, 15 minutes later, the same thing happened. So mm. B guy, A guy was like, hey dude, you turn on again huh? No lah, the radio on itself. So when the radio
0: actually came on though, was it to a specific station, a specific language? What was coming up? Was it just music or was it like just like gobble, gibberish did they mention?
5: No, they say that it was the same um, station that it, turned, that it was, I think the station is some English station, so it was, there was no ghostly music, nothing, it was just turn on, it was, it was just turn on, and then whatever the station was playing, oh,
0: that was it,
5: yeah, so they were okay. like, okay, okay, and I said, okay, now you pluck out the power, you turn off, you pluck out the power, you pluck out the power, and then, then we sleep, okay, Okay. so he, it, like, okay, he pluck out the power, he turn off, I think he turn off the power, I'm not sure whether he plugged out or not, but he said he turned off. It's not on some battery mode, oh, it's right? Like, it's like cable. So he turned off the turn off the radio. He said, okay, Confirm I turn off the the switch. Okay, yeah, then they go and stick. Same thing. 10, 15 minutes later. They I don't know whether they're hallucinating or they they heard, but they say the radio turned on and then they'll be like, uh, do you wanna smoke? I said, yeah, yeah, I think I wanna smoke, huh? So they went down. I do like the day break, Then they went up, went back up. Wow! Yeah. So it
0: was only the two of them in the room. Isn't yeah,
5: it? it was only the two of them. Okay, because like, it was like a loud period, so it was no cadets. And then the other yeah, two of them, they the rest either on leave, MC or the on doing duties. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So in other words, they unplugged the radio and it still came on. And it's not just one person hearing it; both of them had heard it.
5: Yeah, two of them heard it.
0: Wow, that's that's nuts.
5: The next incident I think is the worst than this. Mm, so yeah. there was this this time was only one guy in the bank. It was a Wednesday night. Yeah. Because I remember vividly because the guy told me that he was the only person in the bank. Mm. So he was sleeping opposite my bed. In the middle section, he was sleeping opposite okay. my bed. Yeah. Then he had one light on right above him because he was reading a book. So there was nobody in the bank. Everybody was on leave, MC doing duties and stuff. And then um the one other guy that should be in the bank, he went out for uh clubbing. So he was in the left section, he was the only guy there, and he went out for clubbing because it's Wednesday night. So yeah, he went out. So at, yeah. he said he was reading a book. And then at about um, 12-ish, he told me about 12, 12.30, then he saw some guy, walk, somebody walking. So peripheral vision, is saw some guy walking. And then he was like, oh, okay. And then he walked, the guy walked right into the left section and then he stood in front of the cabinet. He was like, hey, I call him Mr. J. Uh, so he said, okay. hey, J, you're back. So he, he he stayed up and he looked. It was one guy, say, wearing an army, wearing a smartphone, carrying a jo- wearing a jockey cat and carrying a like not really a few pack, just a like a soft pack something. SVO. Like. No, not SBO. Just normal smartphone, carrying a, like a pack, small backpack. He was standing back facing him, facing the cabinet, like this metal cabinet in front of the bed. Yeah.
0: So he's looking at him from the back.
5: Yeah, from the back. He was like, Hey, Jay, where you come back? I thought you went out for clubbing. Hmm. Then he sat down on his bed. Then he's hey, he just asked the question, he's like, no, not right. He didn't go out like this. He was, he was out in civilian. So he was like, okay, maybe I see wrong. So he sat down and he looked again and he was like, hey, Jay, you... He never finished the question. He went back down and he was like, no, this is not him. This is not right. This is not right. He told me for the whole of the night. He didn't really, he couldn't really sleep. and he, His legs were jelly, so he couldn't move. So he was like um, on his bed and every like hour or so he would just do this. Okay. The guy would be standing there. Oh my god. Doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: So whatever it was, this soldier that came in, it's not like it came in and then disappeared. Oh. Your friend saw him, was about to talk to him. Yeah. Realised it wasn't him and then he sung back and every now and again he would look up yeah. and the guy was still there. Yeah. At any point of time, did this uh phantom soldier turn around and look at him?
5: No. You see, uh, he didn't, the, the person was Still, never made the sound and was in the same position uh, okay. until like uh, five five thirty. The guy came back, and then and then the guy was a bit drunk, so he came back wobbled in, and then the the, the soldier just
0: was well, not there it's, anymore. Was not there anymore. Yeah. Holy cow! Was the lights on? Or yeah, lights it was off? this one
5: light? There's this just this light above my head. Okay. Because he was so afraid that he couldn't walk, mm. couldn't run, couldn't do anything. He was just in the bed.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wow. So there, was, there was like what? Okay. 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 <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: Yeah. And of course, I mean. When you guys actually went, alright, and the reason why I asked you at the very beginning of this interview was, had you heard of stories, you know, about Pasilaba Camp? Because, you know, if you've heard a lot of stories about the camp, then maybe you go in already, your imagination starts running wild and things like that, because you've got a preconceived notion already that this area or this camp is haunted. But you said you guys had never heard any stories at all, and everything... I mean, the only reason why you even think it's haunted was because of stuff that happened to you guys.
5: Yes, for me, I went in and then never really... Uh, the only thing I know is that, oh, this this, this is the first company line, so it's quite, quite old. But other than that, I never... Nobody, no, not one senior shared with me of any horror stories in the bank.
0: Until you experienced those weird things yourself, you had no reason to actually even believe that that place was haunted, right?
5: Yeah, there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason to, to feel like this place is not comfortable because the bunk, honestly speaking, for a very dark bunk, it was 80%. Most of the time, I'm comfortable. I can't stay in the bunk alone. So it's not like, you know, some places are so oppressive and you want to get, I want you to get out. It's not. It's just,
0: mm. it's just,
5: yeah, it just happened to most of us randomly.
0: And usually when things happen, right, are there very few people in the camp? Is it very, you know, deserted? Or is it, are we talking about everybody is back?
5: Um, for that few For the two of them Two incident was um, Loud period So there was nobody But for mine it was How
0: many people were in the room When you heard the shuffling?
5: Uh, there was like A full bunk It was like uh, Almost Two, one three, Four, five So at least Ten people was in a bunk
0: And that's just your section You've got the rest of the Platoon and the rest of the company There as yeah, well
5: Yeah correct So th- that was just my one, my One bunk So all of us The out of course personnel Was in that one bunk Like ten Twelve people was In the one bunk and then, yeah, I'll hear it all the time. I'm just okay,
0: fine. But nonetheless, when all those things happen, I mean, to you or to your friends with the transistor radio coming on and stuff like that. I mean, the only the only story that you've told me where anybody was very, very freaked out was the one with the Phantom Soldier that came yeah. in, right? But for you, the shuffling noises, even your friends had the shuffling as well, uh, the whole transistor radio. Were you guys ever, like, filled with, you know, an overwhelming sense of fear? It was just like it's weird uh, lah, but that's it.
5: Yeah, it was it was it was just weird lah. I mean, we even tried talk, uh, telling ghost stories, and the bunk, nothing. It's like nothing. So it was very I would not I would say it was very random at times. The only time I felt this shit is really happening that night, the bunk was actually packed. Like I had three persons sleeping in front of me. So the three of them, I can't remember the day, but it was a it was a training period. So all the bangs were filled there were a lot of cadets and stuff. So that particular night I was uh, asleep, like 11-ish, just tired. So all of us were asleep. I think there was at least six people in the bunk, at least. So six, seven people, and then in my middle section, there were four of us. So I was sleeping in the fourth bed, and then three beds in front of me were occupied. So we were fast asleep. Um, just so coincidentally, the three other beds, two of them supposed to be occupied, but uh, one guy was on MC and the other guy was uh, on leave or something so it was empty the tree the two three beds beside me was empty so i was the only person there and then um at 12 a.m i realized it was super hot i woke up i was like oh, this is too hot so i realized the power was out there was no power i tried to turn on everything there was no power and then i woke up with my specs and then i went to the bed in front of me the three of them i tried to shake them said, like, hey dude it's no power it's so hot and they were like oh no 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 i want to sleep let me sleep and I, okay fine you guys sleep so i went down and then truth be told, it was no power because there was a lot of cadets down there. They were like, "Hey, dude, it's no power. It's so hot." So I kind of helped the duty sergeant to call the electrician. And then I think at uh, one ish, one thirty or two, my sergeant, "Hey, you can go back to the street. Everything is fixed." And then like, okay, so I decided to walk back to my to my bunk to go back. Right. So usually what I would do because I don't really like that particular staircase that leads up to my bunk. There's three stairs. Why? Eh? Because it's always dark. It's always mm. dark. Like there's no. Even I turn on the light, it was it's just dim. Okay. So I, I always feel like this staircase, I don't like uh, at night. I try not to lose mm. that staircase. But that particular night, I was too tired. I was just like, okay, I just want to get back and honestly, I want don't, to sleep. I don't care. So I walked back to that particular staircase. And then um, once I started ascending the stairs, going up to my level 3 bump, uh, after the first, like almost hitting level 2, I realized, hey, what does it feel like something, somebody is following me?
0: Just a sense though. It's not like you caught anything from your peripheral vision,
5: right? Mm, okay. It's just a sense. So I turned around and I uh, looked. Like a few times, I was like, there's nobody. Yeah, yeah. And once I reached my bunk, so my usual habit is when I go in, I will shut the door because it's very windy. So sometimes it very gets very cold. But that night it was I was feeling very tired and it was hot, so I just left the door and I walked right in to my bed and then I.
0: And you walked by all your roommates; they were still sleeping in the bunk.
5: Yeah, yeah, they were still sleeping. Yeah, they were not over moving. So I went back in. The fans were on, and then I uh, lay down and then I put my blanket to my waist and I tried to force it. Took on my specs. So. My back was facing the door, because it was very hot, so I never pulled it out, all the way up. Now, Once I shut my eyes, I, it wasn't asleep, but, but I had this um like this vision, like I would always tell my friends that like, a movie. So once I, once I did this, then the movie starts, like my I shut my eyes and oui, why is this person standing at the door? And I can vividly visualise that it was a woman. like a,
0: You weren't dreaming though, your eyes were closed, you're just seeing this, uh, this thing play out in your mind.
5: Yes. Yes. So I just shut my eyes, put my back, just shut my eyes, turn my back. Then I had this vision immediately start playing my brain in my head. So I was like, hey, why is this woman long hair, I couldn't see her.
0: But the vision is basically what's happening in your bunk lah. Yeah. The vision yeah. is of your bunk itself. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah, it's, like, it's exactly like my bank. So everything's like that. My bunk. can even like visualize my three friends sleeping there. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this woman is standing at the at the door, white dress, and then typical from piano and kind of thing, like long hair. Then she slowly walked. It's not like she, she floated or something, it's not like she flew, she slowly walked in. Like very sashay, slowly walked. Then she reached the first bit.
0: Did you open your eyes, close your eyes, open your eyes, close your eyes? Oh no
5: yeah, no yeah. yeah. No, so I, okay. was, I was like, hmm. I don't know why I didn't do it, but I was like yeah. doing this, okay. Then then she reached the first bit. And then she, once she reached the first bit, she crawled over the first bit. That's that was what was happening. So I like, oh! god
0: she crawled over the first bit. yeah
5: she's like crawl like okay i'm like oh right. no then i put my blanket up with my eyes still close I like. so i remember putting my blanket up my blanket was at the hip so i put it up and covered then i'm like oh no shit my bed is the fourth bit, so she needs to go past another two bit. so she continued doing it she she crawled once she crawled over the first bit, she stood up then she walked to the next bit, and then she crawled again and then the third bit. and then when she reached the fourth bit, i feel like somebody was in my blanket like here so i'm like okay you know what even if you yeah, have to scare me, I need to see, right? I mean, that's, that's how I do things. So I counted up to three on like, that one, two, three, So She said, I flip my blanket and I turned. and I open my eyes like, and then I was like, hey, there's nobody.
0: Nothing there. Nothing. Then
5: okay. I'm like, ah, lame. It's just, it's just me. Ah, what is this nonsense? Then I put my, throw my blanket down, and I was like, ha! Ah. I was like, it's it to myself. Then I was like, ah, hey, there's no ghost. And then, I don't know why, usually I'll just close my eyes and go back to sleep. But somehow or other, my eyes was looking at my friend's cupboard. So the one guy, two guy and the third guy. So the second guy's cover was right in front of me. So I flipped my blanket and I was staring at it. Then once the thought of Ayah no goes lah, the covers slowly started to open. So it was like it was totally closed was mm. slowly like very slowly and once again
0: this is with your eyes open yeah, yeah. Yeah. not to be confused no, no, with no, whatever no. visual is playing in your mind yeah. Okay.
5: this was with my eyes open so I, once I flip the blanket and turn over my eyes were open really
0: were your glasses on at this time
5: no it was not on
0: okay not on. but you could still see la, that the door was opening
5: yeah my vision is bad but it's a door if it, 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 it's text okay fine I cannot see but it's a door it's like it's like slowly opening slowly it's like very slowly opening, but to me I was like, okay, okay, I think it's win, it's win, it's win, it's win, because the door not open, or close, it's win, it's the winner, ah. it's the win. Then the door opened all the way, so it's like max out hinge, and then and I thought it the wind, it's the win, the win, the win. Then the door slowly, 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 slowly closed back, and then cl-
0: how far open did it?
5: All the way, it was open. It opened all, all the all way, the so way.
0: you could even see what's inside the cupboard.
5: Yeah, I could see inside. The-
0: and obviously there was no one inside the cupboard, right? Oh, no, nobody. Okay, so it opens all the way, but slowly. Yeah. okay slowly it, it didn't swing open it's moving slowly yeah. and then once it reaches you the know max, uh, max then it starts slowly closing again
5: so it's like slowly then and then he's like no even like bam, he's like yeah, oh no okay. this, this is not right then I, I just sleep my can and I just try to go to sleep so I went to sleep then I even checked with my the guy because I woke up in the morning then I, the first thing I did the guy was still sleeping so I tapped him in and he woke up. Say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, "Hey, yesterday night, uh, do you at any point of time, like maybe like two ish, do you wake up and open your? Do you like use your hand and push open your cupboard?" He said, "No lah, I was sleeping. I never even wake up lah." Uh. So that was the only time I was like, "Oh shit, this is, this is actually happening." Yeah, but yeah, but that was the only thing, that happened to me. But I never tell my family until we really, like or something because I don't
0: want to scare them yeah Yeah. (laughs) alright bro thank you very much I can't wait to find out what the boys actually have to say when they take a listen but uh, it's creepy 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 (laughs) All right. hey thanks again uh, HY for speaking to us tonight okay and we hope you enjoy the show yeah
5: thank you I really do thank you so much for the show yeah
0: bye bye I just want to read out this one comment which actually came through right from uh, Jovian uh, to HY Why you never wake your friends up? And that's a good point, bro, because honestly these are your army buddies, right? If they can't trust you to wake them up when there's a hantu in the bunk, how are they gonna trust you in times of war? see we we la, <laughs> <shuai. laughs> All right. So um, a number of stories. I think the best way for us to actually approach this is to uh, break them up story by story. Okay. And then we'll see what uh, these two gentlemen next to me have to say. The first story, of course, that he talks about in Pase Laba is the uh, footsteps. All right. Just shuffling in slippers uh, up and down his bunk. And of course, you've got that transistor radio that comes on by itself. Eugene, what did you think? So I know Pase Laba very, very well because when I I came back for
4: reservists uh, I was in Bravo Bravo company so I know which test he's talking about but first of all the Pasir Laba area is a known hotspot for entities like if you talk to all the um, Lao Chiao um, uh, whatever you call it the what do you call it? The Inches. If you speak to all the Inches in Pasir camp, they tell you, yeah, we know that there are Hantus here. So they're not even denying it. You go to the Cobra canteen and you talk to the auntie, the auntie also will tell you, eh, hey, it's so a pian yokoi, it's a ghost. I, I a So hearing HY's confession, that to me sounds like a very plausible army based ghost story. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt and say, yes, that's something that is very likely to happen in Pasilaba.
0: What about the transistor radio? That one is kind of tough, uh, because I
4: truly totally believe if I hear transistor radio like turn on by itself, even though I pluck out the power. Um to
0: me it must be the hantu no two about it no doubt about it exactly because the last time we had a we heard a story regarding a radio we had so many theories you know maybe sometimes the signal interference affects the volume suddenly when the signal is clear the volume goes up you think the radio came on by itself right but in this particular case hy specifically said they heard the click of the knob go off so they knew it was off and even when they pulled out the plug so if you think about that if it's not on battery or any other form of power source there should not be any scientific reason why the transistor radio should come on by itself right
4: we have seen multiple times in various different scenarios that spirits can interfere and interact with devices so again if hy comes out and tell me that his radio
0: even though he's plugged out the 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 cable and it turned on by itself I'm not surprised because we know spirits can do that. E.T., you've mentioned many, many times when it comes to investigations, spirits are of negative energy, right? So they tend to absorb positive energy. And that could explain why when you're in investigations with your cameras, with your lights and things like that, suddenly your batteries get drained. But in a case like that, spirits usually draw power from a device. Is it weird to kind of hear that they are now charging your said device and bringing it to life?
3: That's where you get your EMF surge. EMF surges can cause certain things to happen. From his uh, interview, he wasn't sure whether it was plugged out, but he was quite certain that they turned off the power socket. And I assume that the army kind of radio is all those retro kind, you know, the physical click. So if he did hear the click, it's a bit hard for the radio to turn on again. And all of them, listening to it at the same time it doesn't sound like all of them had sleep paralysis at the same time uh, so this is something I really cannot explain uh, I also don't think it's a EMF surge although with a power outage that they had that could have been a certain explanation that maybe you know there's some strong EMF or what I'm not sure
0: before we let ET continue I have to ask Eugene because you were actually from that camp okay yeah are there a lot of like big power stations, huge electrical devices and things like that that might generate a huge EMF surge? No, it's a, it's a very very old camp. Uh, so you're not next to
4: like radars or things like that? La? No, 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 definitely not radars or things like that because this is not the, the Air Force. This is really ground troops. Uh, okay. But now that you mentioned about power devices and all that, I'm sure there are power devices, power stations within the cam itself. And this being a very, very old cam, you have old wirings, you have loose wirings, you have old devices that emits a lot of uh, magnetic wave. So while it does not have a satellite dish there, you have your standard power stations and you have your, your old wirings running. And in fact, I remember if back in my time that the switches
0: are all very old. Everything there is very run down. Okay, I'm going to help ET out, okay? I'm going to join Team CSI for a little bit, right? And I'm going to say, well, even if they heard the whole thing clicking, coming on by itself, if there was a huge EMF surge or a lot of EMF in the air and ET has reminded us many, 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 many times that EMF can affect the way you think or the way you perceive could it be possible that their minds their thought process were affected so they thought they heard the radio come on when it didn't actually all at the same time well it was only two of them it was only two of
3: them I think it was three
0: no 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 he said the two boys his two uh, bunkmates
3: oh oh, he he wasn't there he wasn't there ah okay he wasn't there oh he wasn't there Ah, so he believed these two guys la. Oh la no. <laughs> we'll You yeah, just, just fed him, just right, on, him right.
0: the, on a silver yeah. platter, right?
3: Honestly, this case, I really think it's hard that the EMF can do something with a physical switch lah.
0: But it can affect them psychologically though, right?
3: Yeah, it, it can, it can also be the power of persuasion, but in this case somehow uh I don't think EMF affects someone until that, that state that they could hear the click. Uh, you know, turn off the power socket and the thing turns on because it is not like a digital kind of device. It's those retro kind of switch. So I really do think to a certain extent, uh, there's some truth to, to this story. I'm not. St- I'm still not saying it's the Hantu, but wow. there could be some truth. There's still another 5%. I'm not sure, but yeah. All
0: right. So what, what about the shuffling? Do you have any th- comments on that, ET?
3: Pasi Laba Camp is not like how where I was, which later I'll share in uh, Plotokong Camp 1, where it's a single-story bunk this one you have multiple levels so Mm. you know sound travels through solids and stuff like that so it can be from somewhere else.
0: Alright so let's move on to the next story. This was the one where his friend was by himself in the bunk uh, when he thinks he sees his, uh, his bunkmate come back after a night of clubbing. Turns out that thing he saw was not his bunkmate. The phantom soldier that returns to the bunk why don't you give it a shot, Eugene? Well, this sounds uncannily similar to a lot of stories that we have. Even uh, Desmond's story, uh, we hear him
4: sleeping, and then he woke up and he saw his friend sitting down and asked him, "Hey, I'm so or Abu kuna," so right? And we have such stories all across uh, various different experiences. This doesn't make this experience any more unique, and therefore, I could easily say that there's nothing much to doubt about it when you are in an army camp you have all these spirits that's already around and like what we always say when there's a lot of young energy by day with all this military might and then there's an absence of young energy in energy comes in and for a spirit to come in what they do is in order for them to and this is something i said before many times spirits by their very own definition have no characteristics and have no image. If we believe that spirits are all a ball of energy, they're all energy beings, then they have got to adopt a persona in order for you as they're living to identify with them. So what these spirits do sometimes is they take top of mind images from your head, uh, your subconscious level, and they project it in you, or rather you project it on them so that when you see the spirits, you see it as something that you can relate to and most times it's something that we know. Our parents, our dad, our friend, someone that we are close to. Yeah so it's it's this spirit to be sure Uh, and the reason how he saw the spirit in that form is because that friend is top of mind for HY.
0: Alright so when it came to HY's bunkmate who related the story to him if he had said oh yeah he looked up and he thought he saw someone You know, and then he quickly looked down. Yeah, I I could probably go along the lines where, yeah, maybe he thought he saw something. Who knows? Maybe he was reading a horror magazine, right? Maybe he's by himself. Uh, He's letting his imagination run. But he did say that many times, every now and again, he would look up. He'd still see it there look up so, so he saw this consistently over a number of hours i can only try and imagine just how petrified he was to be spending all that time all those hours in an empty bunk seeing that figure just opposite him before his actual friend returns et what do you think he saw do you really think he saw what he thought he saw
3: really sounds like a case of uh, a simple case of a uh, sleep paralysis uh, especially when he said his uh, legs went jelly uh, okay, when one enters a sleep paralysis, you feel like you've actually lost control of all limbs or control of your body because actually your physical body is asleep. Your, your, your soul kind of misaligns with your body. Um, so I really do think it's a sleep paralysis issue. Uh, and in, during sleep paralysis, where you, you travel into the astral plane, you do see things like shadows and, and figures and stuff like that. So it's very consistent to what actually he saw. Then again... Uh, during my time, not too long ago, uh, in Plotokong Camp 1, uh, when, when I was asleep on my bunk, okay, I actually saw a strange person, okay, uh, and I've never seen that person. I mean, I know all the sergeants and all the people around. I've never seen this guy. Okay, this guy was wearing slippers, okay, which could explain the earlier story. He was in PT shorts and only an SBO. He had no t-shirt or no number four. Well, you just imagine someone bare top, SBO, shorts and slippers. And this was like, I think past midnight, probably 2, 3 a.m. And what was freaky was this guy was walking bed to bed to every single one of my bunk mates. He'll go down to their face and then look at the face and then he goes to the next one. Well, like he was, because I was sleeping in the end of the bunk and the guy was walking towards me. Thankfully I got sleep amnesia so I sleep quite fast. So I turn around and then I just snore and I just dido. So as much as I want to say sleep paralysis, the, the one that I saw didn't feel like a sleep paralysis um, so then I'm a bit you know in limbo for this because half of me thinks it's sleep paralysis the other half because of what I experienced I tend to believe him to a certain extent that it might be something else that he saw
0: Okay, so thank you very much for that, boys. Let's move on to the next story. And this, of course, was a personal account from uh, HY himself. He sees this ghost or he sees this woman in white, but only every time he closes his eyes.
4: When I was in the army, especially when I was uh, in BMT, I was in there for so long that every time I close my eyes, I see a woman as well. Um, I think that at some point, when you begin to start hallucinating especially when it comes to women crawling on beds this to me sounds very much like hy just really imagining it Uh, and he he did
0: he, he did say that he turned around he opened his eyes and then nothing was there but i mean what was interesting was the fact just how he described the entire affair right it's like he opens his eyes he sees this room okay with nothing in it he closes his eyes he still sees the same room except now there's a figure in it
4: and how many times when we actually um, experience or people who experience uh, supernatural hauntings we see the entity come to you crawling on the bed like that 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 is very much in the realm of movies and hollywood but what he experienced with the cupboard door that is something i cannot explain but what i'm saying is that cupboard door and that visual of the woman crawling on the bed although it's one story but it's two separate incidences the woman part I don't think it's the horror part. It, it's not a real uh, entity that was haunting him. I think that was part of his imagination. But that being said, it may also be his uh, subconscious mind trying to alert him of an entity in the room. What, mucham spidey sense is it? That's right. Remember what I said about uh, how we perceive uh, entities in the way we want to perceive. So. When I say that he imagines that girl crawling on a bed, what I'm trying to say is I don't think the actual spirit he saw was the girl crawling on the bed. To me, that was his imagination. But there was something in that room with him that triggers his, his, his spider sense. And that was why he was starting to get alert. He was starting to feel fearful. And when he felt fearful, the first thing that he did or subconsciously that he did was to start thinking about what were the other occasions in life that gave him very similar hair-goosebump-raising experience? Probably a horror movie that he has watched. And probably the horror movie that he has watched is about a girl crawling on the bed. As I said, again, at his subconscious level. What was fearful to him when he saw the, that sight on, on movie now becomes a scene that plays in his subconscious mind. Right? That to me was his spider sense telling him something is in the room that gives you the goosebumps. And the last time you got these goosebumps was when you had this experience.
0: Okay, so I totally see where you're coming from. I can definitely understand your reasoning as well, especially since he already admitted that the story didn't for him didn't actually just start when he was in the bunk seeing this woman in white. The story actually starts from when he wakes up and there's no electricity. So already he's like, oh, something is going on, right? And it's hot. It's usually very, very cool. It's usually very windy. Then you go down and then you walk up the stairs that you really, really hate. Now, that same sense, that same fear is now exponentially increased, right? Now you think that something is even weirder because you feel someone walking alongside with you when you're going up the stairs. And then by the time you get back into your bed, you've already had all these things running into your mind. Yes, I can totally understand, you know, your imagination just overwhelms you. This is what you end up seeing.
3: I like I lose my job already. Team just the mm. entire CSI.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wait, 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 wait. This is where, this is where I jump back over to Team It Must Be The Hunt 2. The part that gets me though, is the timing of all of it, right? So all these things have happened, okay? We can understand, yes, maybe imagination is at play. But he also said, it was that moment. The moment he said, it must be my imagination. That's when the door of the cupboard opened. Almost like whatever it was that was around him that may have actually been influencing his thoughts went, you don't believe? I'm going to prove it to you right now. And, you know, even you, Eugene, have mentioned as well. When it comes to the spirits, a lot of times they sense your emotions. They react to your motives. You don't have to say it out loud. He didn't have to pull it down and go, ah, yeah, there's nothing la Lame. He just thought it and boom, that's when it happened. Yeah, I find it a little hard to believe that was just so coincidental.
4: No, I believe that there was an entity there. I didn't... Nothing about that entire scenario felt um, made out to me. Mm. Uh, so, how I, I, I connected the, the two portions together was there was an entity already in that place and it may or may not, I don't know the, the actual details, trying to make contact with him. Like yes, on one part, I'm inclined to believe that when he thought it's just my imagination and then the spirit wanted to show its presence, made its presence felt, opened the door and close the door. Now, putting on my investigator's hat, having gone into places where spirits want to communicate with us. If they make their presence known and felt, they would usually send some form of message to us. If not verbal message, some form of movement, some form of scrolling, some form... some... a yes-no answer, you can at that point of time get information out of it. Because we have already established in that story, the spirit is strong enough, powerful enough to actually move things, right? Uh, but... Army camp spirits, he's been there for so long. Uh, If a spirit wanted to have made contact with him long ago, based on his thought process, the spirit would have done so. It didn't need to wait for that night to to make that connection. So I don't think, taking everything that he has given us, I do not believe that that particular spirit in that room that night wanted to make contact. To me, it was just, he thought about it, trying to quell his own fear, and then it happened. So it's purely coincidental. But there's a spirit there. Make no mistake about that.
3: E.T., what about you? Firstly, he was very, very tired. And after settling the power outage, I'm sure he was even more tired. Okay. Um, so, in my opinion, I would say that he actually drifted into a sleep paralysis, uh, thus explaining the, the the figure that he saw. Okay. Um, to me, this is a very common phenomenon uh, with army boys because they usually get shacked out from all the trainings in camp. The moment when you're shacked and then you fall asleep so fast... Because you notice, right, the time period when he explained the stories, right, where he starts seeing figures and stuff like that, it was almost instantaneous. And usually, that's where it happens when someone falls in a deep sleep and is very, very tired. The soul misaligns with the with the physical body. Okay, so I would think in this case, uh, there's not so much to worry about. And it's just a case of a tired soldier. You are not alone. Mm-hmm.
1: Supernatural. Confessions.
0: Our final confession comes from Dion, it's quite the creeper, and comes with a reminder to always check the peephole before opening your door, and even then, you never know who you'll find looking right back at you.
1: My story is about my old childhood estate, Ferrocourt, which is now the current Deledon. And one thing I remembered about this lobby area of ours, it was always super dark, even in the daytime, um, because it was tucked behind a wall where the sunlight couldn't really shine through properly. And at night, even though there were lights, it was lit, but it was um, not well lit. It, It still looked dark yeah so whenever we came home um, late at night the lobby is always pretty dim and we were always looking over our shoulders because next to the block was just trees and greenery so just a little bit about My house in Block H Each floor There were only two units So it was either us Or the neighbours And our neighbours were Taiwanese Who were seldom in Singapore So most times It was only us So basically Strangers had no business Being on our floor at all Okay, so if there was anyone loitering out around outside our house, that would have been out of the norm. So, um, my sisters and I, we were latchkey kids, and my mom worked nights on some days in a week. So, on those days, her shift would end around 11 p.m., and she had a company van that would send her home whenever she works nights so um, she would reach home around midnight and us three latchkey kids would actually go down at midnight to fetch her because um, it was really quiet and secluded downstairs um, the incident that I'm about to relate happened on one of those nights that we were waiting for my mom to come home at midnight. So we were waiting to go down to fetch her downstairs at the lobby. My sisters were studying in the room and I was just hanging around them on the bed and one of my sisters asked me to refill her cup in the kitchen. So I took the her, her cup and then I went out to the kitchen So as I was walking back To the room From the kitchen I noticed that Someone was outside The house As I could actually See feet From where I was So I went Into the room And I asked my sis If my mom was coming back Earlier that day And she said no Um, And I told her that "Mm, I I think I saw somebody Outside Like I saw feet um, From under the main door So she said Okay quick you know, just go and uh, open the door. Maybe it's maybe it's mum and maybe her van dropped her off earlier and she decided to come up on her own. Um, and at that point, it was already about 11 plus at night. So, I headed out to the main door. And out of habit, I looked through the peephole and seriously, what I saw really... Just thinking about what I saw really makes my skin crawl even up to now. Um, just to remember that I was really very young at that point in time. I was only about 9 years old. Okay. So what I saw outside our house was a Chinese lady. And I presume she was Chinese because she was wearing a cheongsam, And it was a red cheongsam. Her hair was medium length, which fell just below her shoulders, and her face was turned to the right. But her eyes, she was looking, she was looking down. And what really freaked me out—oh my god! Just talking about it is making my skin crawl. Um, what freaked me out a lot was she had a smirk on her face and. As I was looking through the peephole at her... She was slowly turning her head. And... That was when I noticed that her skin was bluish. Like... She looked dead. And... At that instant, I knew that... um, I wasn't looking at something human. And I knew that she knew that I was looking at her through the peephole. So I ran back to the room, terrified but um, I didn't tell my sisters anything even when my sis asked like hey is it mom and I said oh no 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 no, it's, it's nothing you know so I, I just kept it to myself um, I really couldn't sleep properly for many days after that because um, her face was just creepy like that smirk on her face you know um, so for many days after that it, 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 I just couldn't sleep properly and I was really scared to even look at the direction of the door whenever I walked to the kitchen. You know, because I feared that I would see feet again under the door. So, what happened was, um, it was only about 10 years later, I related the incident to my sisters and mum. And that's when I found out why my mum made us wait for her downstairs whenever she worked nights. So she said that she would always see a lady in red downstairs in between the pillars when she came home late. But she never told us the reason why she wanted us to come down to fetch her because she didn't want to scare us. But in reality, she herself was terrified because she always saw this lady in red. You know, imagine making your three latchkey kids go down <laughs> and wait for you in a circular apartment block. And worse still, my sisters also said that they would catch glimpses of someone in red behind the pillars whenever we were waiting for my mom. And imagine I found this out only like 10 years later after the incident. I don't know how, but my mom managed to ask around and apparently um, there was a cleaner, a Malaysian lady who worked uh, as a cleaner in our estate. She said that the lady used to live in a neighboring apartment block and she actually jumped down um, in red when she found out that her husband was cheating on her.
3: Okay, so um, there's many theories of how people say that um, when one wants to come back for revenge, they should dress in red before they pass on. In this case, um, according to the cleaner, I'm not sure how the cleaner knows so well, but I guess all cleaners know all the lobang and all the stories here and there, right? They hear from all the aunties, la, the mates and everything. So I guess it was quite accurate. I was wondering if the affair actually happened in her neighbor's house, the Taiwanese neighbor, because following the theory that someone comes back for revenge after they date, right? Why was she loitering at the corridor? Because there's only two units on that floor, she was saying. And she was saying that the Taiwanese neighbor is like always not around. So could an affair actually have happened there, right? Since it was just loitering around uh, the house. Then again, if that lady really did commit suicide, I think sometimes the color of what you wear doesn't really matter. But it's what we term as residual haunting. When someone dies a sudden death, Okay, where your soul suddenly just dissipates from your body, sometimes the soul doesn't know that it's left the mortal world. So this is what we term as residual haunting. Um, thus, that's the reason why this, this so-called hantu or, 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 or spirit is wandering around the place because they can't find the source to the light or depending on which religion you believe in. Um, so basically, she's just lost and she's just trapped in the area, uh, in the last environment that, that she was in. So.
0: Okay, well, Dian actually says she jumped from block G. We were in block H.
3: Ah, yeah, so so basically it's, it's a, yeah, different block. a different block but still the same area. So a residual mm. haunting doesn't mean it's just one block, but it resides in a certain area because that person actually knows the total environment. So th- this is what, what what we have done, uh, uh, we found out doing research, that it's not just a particular block, a particular unit. It's a small area where the person is familiar with. In this case, honestly, it's quite compelling. It doesn't sound like any scientific explanation. And this is one of the rare times we probably have a residual haunting.
4: So, residual haunting would be.
0: It must be the.
4: No, no, no. no.
3: It's residual haunting.
0: Such a killjoy, or Such a killjoy.
3: Okay, okay, it's the hantu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes! I will drink to I that. I think it's the hantu. <laughs> Supernatural Confessions
4: So, hearing about the woman in red being Asian and understanding the folklore we know about the committing suicide in red Also, in an article that I posted up this Monday talking about the six colours of six different spirits in fact, not many of us realise that red is not the most vengeful colour Green is the most dangerous colour When you see a spirit the green aura, that's usually the most powerful. Red is vengeful, but like what ET said just now, it's not so much what you wear when you die, because that's really the, the belief. It's how much grievances you have when you die. Where I and ET would probably differ in he said it was residual haunting, my belief is that the mother uh, and the three latchkey kids and she is the first time I heard of the word latchkey I had to
3: actually google what's latchkey kids uh. so can, can you define what's a latchkey uh, kids who uh,
0: who come back and they're, they're usually by themselves most of the time because their parents are away so they use a latchkey to let themselves in
4: that's right and I can make some assumptions here I did not talk to Deanne about that but I can understand there must be a relationship issue there right, uh, with the husband and the wife so these spirits, these vengeful spirits that died because of heartbreak, of relationship issues, they are very attracted to other living humans with the same problem for a few reasons. One, the aura is just the same. Two, they want to be able to influence the thoughts of that person to either follow in their footsteps so they can take over the body, or two, to do the things that they can't do. So which is why you find when spirits of those who are murdered, spirits of those who have gone through certain tragedy, they tend to find victims of that same emotional plane. And why this spirit is appearing in front of the mother more so than anyone else is because the spirit felt a connection to that family, to trace all the way back to the home because the home, for whatever reason, emits that sort of beacon-like signal to alert spirits all spirits around the area of that kind of emotional connection to that place
3: Supernatural Confessions
0: And that concludes this episode of Supernatural Confessions If you've enjoyed the show please consider giving us a 5-star rating or review wherever you're listening from Supernatural Confessions the podcast is free to listen to on Apple Spotify Google and wherever podcasts are played You can also share our podcasts and our content with your friends and help us grow our network of Supernatural fans and enthusiasts. For more information on what we do and where we do it, like us on Facebook and visit supernaturalconfessions.com. Until our next installment, my name is Timo, and this is Supernatural Confessions.
1: Supernatural Supernatural. Supernatural. Confessions. Confessions.